0: Thanks for checking out this episode of Business Black Belts. I really appreciate you listening and hope you get some great insights out of today's leader. Let's dive into the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Business Black Belts. I'm Dave Golding. I'm here with Ashley Buckholt from Materials Exchange. And uh, really, uh, excited about today's podcast because I don't know much about uh, the lumber industry and Ashley has spent a career in the industry and is currently uh, involved in a company that is really transforming uh, that industry and uh, using technology in order to do so. So Ashley, if you would, we'll just start real easy. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, thanks, Dave. Appreciate you having me on uh, on your podcast. Uh, So we'll start out early. I, uh, I, there's two ways to get into this industry. You're either born into it or you get into it on accident. Um, Fortunately or unfortunately, I was born into it. My parents had a lumber yard as a kid growing up and a great experience, almost like growing up on a farm. And after college, I just kind of uh, had the itch to be in a trading type uh, selling situation, but I still want to stay in lumber. So I had the opportunity to get a job with one of the largest wholesale distribution firms in Chicago, joined them. And uh, my last job before this was with the uh, with the Coke out of uh, Wichita, I worked out of their Houston office doing financial swaps and derivatives. So the long and short of it is I loaded pickup trucks worth of lumber at my parents' lumber yard to learning about the wholesale distribution side on the full vessel in carload quantity and hedging To go into coke and learning all about financial derivatives and swaps and the idea of lumber uh, and trading that relative to everything so I've kind of seen a lot of the supply chain and the way things work in the industry but who am I Uh, I'm just somebody uh, that loves the industry and I'm trying to change it and change it for the better and bring it into a new century that's digital and um, is disrupting uh, an old call-around industry where a lot of pen and paper is still used
0: Nice. Love it. Love the, the uh, application of technology to be disruptive and uh, that you guys are blazing that trail. Um, so talk to me about growing up in the lumber industry. Uh, you know, I, I similar in the sense that my dad was a career military guy. And so I actually tried to join the military uh, and, you know, thank right God it didn't work out for me because I don't think I was meant for that. But, you know, it, it's so interesting how... Um, you know, we, we do kind of follow uh, what we're familiar with, and, and I think all young men want to be like their dad. Um, so yeah, just talk to me a little bit more about what that experience is like.
1: Yeah, so um, look, at, it's no different than, and this is an easy way to explain it, you look at the Mannings, a quarterback dynasty, all the way from Archie, their dad, to uh, the brothers, to their, now they're one of the sons. I mean, there is no doubt. That you get a leg up in an industry when you're born into it and that was a that's a a blessing something i'm i was very lucky to to do so you know probably like no probably not unlike anybody else grew up in the industry um worked for my dad uh didn't want to be in the industry but realized after being away from it for a year out of college how much i actually liked it uh and i wanted to step away from the family side because i felt and my parents felt the same way. There was a lot more I could learn. I always had the thought I would go back to the to my parents' lumberyard. But after I got rolling and doing stuff, it, uh, it just didn't look as appealing anymore. Uh, and I also didn't want to be responsible for their retirement. So I let them sell it to somebody else, and it worked out perfectly. right? But it was a great experience. Um, as I went to new companies... Uh, already having the experience of talking to contractors from loading trucks to loading cars. I mean, honestly, it was on-the-job training from the time I was six years old. So I feel very lucky. I try to teach people uh, when they join any company I've been at about the experiences that they may not ever learn without having a hands-on experience. So uh, I hope that kind of goes where you wanted to go on. That's really... Really, what it was, and look at every company I've been at whether it was Block Lumber or Sherwood Lumber or a company with 150,000 people globally, um, like Coke. I took my experiences as a kid from that lumber yard and learned more and built a talent stack, uh, off of that. But that was my base, right? Uh, hard work, uh, sales. Uh, you and I were talking about this, talking about listening twice as much as you talk, right? Um I guess that's why they say we have two ears and one mouth, right? But uh like I said, I've took that experience from a small family lumberyard and I've I've used it to build a talent stack and learn from every company I've been as that at after that and using that as a foundation. So I I'm I'm very happy the way it's worked out.
0: Yeah, I, I love how you talked about that kind of that conflict of um you know, wanting to be, you know, follow in your father's footsteps, um, but not wanting to, right? I mean, there's this kind of thing of, you know, um, having that time away and how you can kind of figure things out. But then also uh, having figured that out, then it takes another turn, which is I want to be in this industry, but I don't want to take over the family business, Um and uh, you know how that worked out well for you. Well, it's you know knowing some other family businesses, I understand. What you're look at family
1: about. businesses are hard, and honestly, I was not the person to run that type of family business. Uh, mm-hmm. But the cool thing is, um, my father. Once you're in a lumber business, uh, it's since my my major, I'm an agricultural business major, so I also hung out with a lot of my friends that are still friends to this day that are farmers. Whether you're in, once you retire as a farmer or a lumberyard owner, it's in your blood. So my father and I talked every day about everything I was doing. He wanted to know until the day he died, a couple of years ago, what I was doing, and he actually pushed me to uh, to come to this company. Um, you know, look, at my dad grew up without electricity on a farm, and if he had saw so much change when he saw what we were doing at Materials Exchange, or what what the idea was. He's like, man, you got to do that. That's 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 a way to leave a footprint. Uh, and he felt, which he, which is true that he was partially responsible for that. So, uh, you know, to his credit, he, he, he took a lot of credit for my success and, and he deserved a lot of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All, you know, my parents is the same way. Um, so I, I did, I saw a post on LinkedIn, uh, that I thought was really well done where you talked about the decision of, uh, leaving a, a very secure, comfortable situation for you and uh, join in materials exchange. Uh, I'd love to dig into that some more. I've done that before in my uh, life as well. Yeah,
1: no, it's, um, change is hard. We all, uh, we all run from it. We try to go to our comfort zones, you know, I'm guilty of that. Uh, you know, the idea to come and be one of the founders here, uh, it's, it looks real cool when you're sitting at a company making decent money and having a lot of security and a 401k plan and full medical and pension and all that. You, you weigh it. And, uh, you know, life's too short to not try things if you have the opportunity to do it right. And to put yourself out of your comfort zone and try to reach for some things. Um, Hey man, I've failed at a lot of stuff before. And, uh, and, I I learn from it. I don't take it personally, and um, that's helped me be successful in other things. So yeah, you know, look at honestly, that was a, a heartfelt post I, post I wrote. I, I remember the drive home from Houston for two days, wondering what the heck I had just done. Right, but at some point, you need to own it, and um, you you have to own it and move forward, and you know, give it give it your best at your at your new your new position. And I don't I don't. Uh, I don't regret it for a minute doing what I did. Um, I do it again. Uh I would have done it earlier in life if I if I uh if I possibly could to. But certain things happen in your life that you realize that it's short and if you have skills and you can be a change agent and something and make a difference, it's it's worth it. It's worth a try.
0: Yeah. Love that. Talk to me about what prepared you, you know, when I ask this question is just, you know, the first thing that kind of comes to your mind is usually um, the best answer, which is just, you know, having to be, make that difficult decision and become a founder of a company. Um, what do you think prepared you the most to take something like this on? Uh,
1: let's think about this. So uh, there's, so Mike Wisniewski is the, uh, is the original founder and he and I are partners. we go back, we were roommates in, out of college and we actually worked at the same company. So you need somebody to kind of blaze the trail and push you off your, push you off the, uh, the ledge a little bit. I would say Mike, Mike did that because he's worked for himself for so long. Um, uh, the other thing that pushes you off the edge is, um, you have to have faith in yourself that you actually know what you're doing and are a leader and can, and can do it, right? Uh, and then you have to be a little bit crazy also, right? Uh, you, need to, you need to have that, that gene that says, I'm, I'm going to try this because it's not for everybody, right? A lot of people like doing uh, the daily nine to five or what it is now, the daily work from home. Um, mm-hmm. but I've never, I've never felt like that. And honestly, one of the interesting things, Dave, is every company I've been at, I've stayed a long time. I'm not one of the person that jumped jobs every two or three years. My first job out of college at Block Lumber, I was there 17 years. Um, I was at Sherwood a couple, I was at Coke eight years. So, uh, it wasn't because I didn't like who I worked with or what I was doing. It's the exact opposite. I loved who I was working with and what I was doing, but there was an itch that I saw that something had to be changed in this industry and there was an opportunity to change it. And I'm either going to do it now or, or, or never. Right. So that was a few of the things that go into mind. And I have a supportive wife at home too, that, uh, that, that had a job in health insurance and she's like, go for it. I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever I can for you. And, and she deserves a lot of credit also, honestly, because uh, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be able to make the jump and do this. Right
0: yeah that that's uh that's big my wife i'm fortunate to have the same at uh at home Um, now she
1: reminds me every day how she she's 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 working hard for my insurance and everything but she is right so it's a driver to be better right
0: (laughs) yes yes for sure and just you know knowing that somebody's got your back you know i i uh was having a conversation with my daughter last night and uh you know she's got her kind of first boyfriend and There was an exchange that happened, uh, between them that my wife told me about and kind of confronted her about, and I said, Ava, you got to realize that what men want most is just to know that, uh, their girlfriend or their wife has their back, no matter what. Yeah, man, everybody wants to know their
1: love to be reassured, right? I mean, that's, you know, so one of the interesting things also, uh, if you ever looked at the group of friends I hung out with from college, uh, to now, uh, the group of friends i've always picked in my life in a way or they picked me whatever it is were kind of self-starters, self-motivators, people that work have their own companies, work for themselves, either as traders or farmers or owning their own business. And um i really tried to gravitate i really gravitated toward those people because i didn't feel i was strong enough to do that, but if you hang out with the right people enough and you listen to them, they help build you and they help give you support. So I leaned on my friends, um, family, my sister-in-law. It it really helped me also uh, to prepare for this, to know what to ask, what not to ask for. So I've got a really good support group and a strong support group. And, you know, the friends that I have in my core group are friends I've had for my whole life. And they're one of the parts that, one of the one of the motivating factors that actually helped me do this, also, because if you don't have a good support group, man, it's hard. You, you talk to yourself a lot,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, what a blessing, yeah. really. You know, for you to be able to have those close friendships last so long—that is very unique.
1: It absolutely, it it absolutely is, and um, I mean, that's one of the key things that can define individuals is the is the company they keep, right? Uh, yeah. it can go both ways. Cause I've been on both sides of that where I've hung out with the wrong people at some points in my life too. And, uh, you, kn- you need to know right away when you're doing that and break away from it.
0: Yep. Yeah, exactly. Recognize yeah. those situations. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really good. Cause yeah, we all, I'm a product of my environment, right? So, you know, a, a mentor of mine used to say, Dave, stick with the winners. Exactly.
1: Right? So true, man. And I, and the older you get, the more you realize it. Um, yeah, because people don't change, um, yeah, or, or I can't be responsible for their change. So, yeah. a lot of friends yeah. I have that I love that, uh, um, that I uh, probably, uh, probably a mutual benefit we don't hang out with anymore, but also there's the, the, I mean, the ones when you find people that, that are that are strong and have a good personality and you have a mutual relationship where you can help each other because that's what's really important. I try to give back to them as much as I can, also. You, you want to hang on to the, because because at the end of the day, that's that's a currency that you can't put a price tag on as friendships that are strong.
0: Yeah, I like that. Um, so you joined the company uh, right before the pandemic. Hit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> talk to me about what that was. Next. So it's funny.
1: I, I left um, I left my other company from Houston. Uh, I had to drive home because I had a truck down there for eight years that was sitting in a garage collecting dust. And uh, the day I left, I know on the trading floor down there, somebody was talking about how some shipments from China were being delayed because of some kind of virus. Nobody knew what it was. This is end of January, maybe beginning of fe- February 2020. So I get home, come into this new office here. We're working. And all of a sudden, um, this COVID thing, everybody's talking about it, Right. I take the train in and all of a sudden there's less people on the train, less people on the train. Next thing you know, nobody's in the office. It's a whole different world, right? Um, Which for us, we actually leaned into that as much as we could. Because you can only, uh, you got to pull the positives out of everything. And the fact that everybody was working at home actually was great for our company because technology was key, right? So we had two things. We had a growing demographic that was changing in our industry, younger people getting involved, asking for this. Then you had more people working from home and these large companies, middle-sized companies and small companies needed to do more with less. And uh, so we got some pretty good inroads. Now the downside was it was tough traveling. Uh, like you said, you you like sales. So uh, even though this is a um, a digital product or it's a software uh, to use, you still got to roll up your sleeves and go to conventions and press the flesh and talk to people and go to dinners. So you got to use an analog method to sell a digital platform, right? And uh, that that set us back a bit, but we tried to take technology. And what we really learned to do is launch podcasts, live video podcasts during this, which we may not have done. Um, I mean, look, we got we got a screen in the background here. We didn't know anything about it. We, we just started and uh, we're still... Uh, rookies at doing it, but it gained a good, a good following. Um, So it was, it was disappointing leaving something in the middle of COVID, but uh, that's something I have no control over, right? Uh, We did the best we could with it. Uh, I think we learned a lot from it and uh, we kind of moved through it, but it was crazy literally leaving. And the funny thing is I commuted between Chicago and Houston for eight years and one of the reasons I chose this is I wanted to be home more. Right. So in theory, two weeks after I left, I would have been home more anyway, but it was, so it's like, okay, you're locked in buddy.
0: Well, it's so funny how that happens. And and you and I had very similar experience. I left a job in February of 2020 um, for very similar reasons, right? i have been a road warrior and uh, wanted to get off the road. And then all of a sudden But I think part of that is, um, you know, it's almost serendipitous in a way in that maybe I wouldn't have left uh, if it, you know, if the pandemic happened sooner. Right. Sure. Um, Sure. So, you know, it's actually timing is everything. That's right.
1: That's right. We have no control over uh, what happens to certain things that we have no control over. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it something I think about all the time? Yeah. But it's it's it's. um, it actually created a unique, unique way to start a company during this environment.
0: Yeah, so um, I'm am so excited to have you on because you are a, um, a, a true believer in podcasting and, and you've proven the power of it. Uh, so w- would love to hear more about your experience um, and also how it's evolved, right? I mean, as because you know, we're a kind of evolving uh, business black belt. So. Sure. You know, we can learn a lot from it. So,
1: so tell them, what's the what's the theory behind business black belts? What is, what is the business black belt, um, the meaning of the business black belt?
0: Yeah, really, um, anyone that's achieved your level of success in business has a story to tell, right? In that we all, just like in martial arts, you start out at a white belt and then, you know, you, you progress, right? Like through all those companies and experiences that you've had, you progress to the point where, um, you know, you're a black belt, right? You're you're uh, a chief executive um, within a company, a founder of a company, right. and so it's all about learning and, and uh, learning from people like you, and also um, helping them to promote their own story. Right. Uh, and 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 also, you know, there is there is a self-serving component to this for us. We've built a service around this, right? So. Um, it's part of, we believe that we'll learn by doing and it'll benefit our clients, right? So in some ways we're really, um, developing this service as we do it. That's
1: a great point, David. I think one thing is people, it all, I'm going to circle back to your question, but kind of talk about why you have a really good model of what you're talking about. I think most people are are scared to death to do a podcast or do a video, uh, a live video feed. Um, and I was too, right? And you till you do it, and you know what the first ones are absolutely horrible and and you go back and you look at them and you laugh, and you're like, "I should save that for ten years from now to play that somewhere right but it is right. it, it, but this is how you learn right you you learn by doing the first one so yeah. how how did we I think your question was how did we integrate podcasts and um uh digital uh advertisement so to speak or digital messaging uh, so when I first came on um, our uh, our social media um, manager uh, Jory uh, Mike's Mike's wife uh, she was she manages all of does a great job managing all of our social media uh, we had a relationship with a marketing company right and we would go to this marketing company all the time and they tell us different things and they're were, they were really good, but like we can do some of this ourselves, And uh, as a startup at a lot lower cost, maybe it's not going to be perfect. So we, uh, we started out, um, you know, kind of on LinkedIn uh, and then went over to YouTube. But what we really did was our first, uh, our first jump into it or dipping our toes in the water, we did a Friday morning smart call, we called it was just for our uh, just for our members, you know just for the users, and it was cool and it worked good and we'd get on a call, and there'd be fifty people on, and uh, we'd talk a little about market and then we thought, well, hey, um, let's try doing one on uh, on a Wednesday, and we got a uh, a person that's well known in the industry that has a big following name is uh, Matt Lehman. And Matt and I did one on Wednesdays, and a lot of people loved it. And uh, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. You know, everybody, people are starting to call me saying, hey, ask this question to Matt, or Matt, and you should talk about this next. And we and we like watching you. We had live feeds, people would talk to us. So we said, well, a couple of my friends in the industry said, well, let's do one on Wednesday. And so we started do, or doing one on, uh, or We started Matt and I did this on Thursday. We started doing one on Wednesday. Uh, we called that. This Week in Lumber. That's the one I just got done with before I got on with you. And then we said, hey, let's have some guests on. So then we would have economists on every week or a guest in the industry and we talk about stuff. And it's amazing. And then we started having one on Monday in a different thing. And then Mike started doing one on Tuesday just talking about lumber futures and trading. So we have one show every week at 12 o'clock Central Time. Uh, And the purpose of it is really to... Help bring some transparency to an industry that doesn't have it. If, and there is no easier way, no better medium, uh, and no better price point than doing uh, podcasts. And, and we also did, we're doing, po- we, look, it, we, it was, we were all about shameless self-promotion at first. Anybody that wanted to do a podcast with us, uh, we, were, we still are. Look, at when you call, I'm like, heck, yeah, I want to be on your program. Why the heck wouldn't I? Right? Uh, And these have become, like, amazing. So our uh, one thing I didn't know about when I first came here was engagement rate, right? (laughs) Or any of that. But now we're tracking engagement rate and how many viewers are watching, how many minutes do they watch after, how many watch it on YouTube, LinkedIn, how many come in through a Twitter feed. So it's amazing the KPIs that we're looking at. And the power to those, Uh, I think a lot of people from old bricks and mortar companies think they just look at sales and all that. But social media is one of the the points that I don't think people get into because they're afraid of it. They don't know how to track it. You just have to start doing it, right? So um, we were looking last week about uh, our our engagement rate is unbelievable, right? Um, we, We know we have to improve certain things, but as far as standard wise our industry our, our engagement rate is amazing, our amount of views is great um, so it, where it really shows up is when I look at Salesforce that we track and some and people come in after watching a show right i can mm-hmm. I can actually track the people that come in after watching a show or call and say, "I just watched your show and I want to be on this." We are seeing that every day now, right um, Or people that just call and say, hey, thank you for having the show. I didn't realize this. And you helped me make a decision that – or you introduced me to somebody or something in in, in the industry I didn't know anything about. So when we do them, we're trying not to promote ourselves. Although when I open the show or close the show, I say, if you like what you saw, support us by coming to our platform, which people are doing. Um, And and they're really a heck of a lot of fun to do at the end of the day. I mean – It's all about time, right? How much time do you have to do something and what's the return on your time? And I can tell you right now, the return on our time for doing a half an hour show is multiples of what it is cold calling sometimes, right? Uh, And it's very simple because I can reach 500 people in a half an hour that I could never meet or be introduced to or talk to through the old methods of of dialing for dollars, so to speak, right?
0: Yep. Yeah, I think that, uh, and and it's just so affirming for what we believe and what we're doing. And it, what what I like about, um, you know, your story is that it really, you just got to start, right? You can't let yourself, because it's easy to be intimidated. All of us are, right? When we do something new and, and we don't really, um, you know we're not proficient at it uh but when you do step out and you take that risk you know it's never not either paid off for me or taught me something you know from having that kind of boldness and courage um and so i want to dig in a little bit more to you know you hit on something that um, is so important and we see it in our business not in podcasting yet because we're so new at this but in linkedin mm-hmm. uh my uh, friend and, and uh, CEO, Miles Veth, um, has a pretty good LinkedIn following. He's, he's really cultivated uh, a following. And so we regularly get people reaching out to us just because of the things they see him posting on LinkedIn. Um, and, like, and it's all about a momentum game, right? It, it's one of those things that it takes discipline, it takes consistency. But then once you get that ball rolling, um, it really is pretty incredible, uh, how it it does ultimately exponentially, uh, pay off. Um, so if you could just talk about what kind of numbers you are seeing, um, that would be awesome. Yeah.
1: So, uh, you know, look, we, we talk about podcasts, all of our stuff. I'm not sure the right name of it. If it's a vlog, they call it a vlog now, like a video blog. I'm not sure what the proper name is. So, all most mostly what we do is um, I mean, Jory's on all the social media monitoring, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, you know, the, the young the younger crew out there even have us doing stuff on Twitch now. Now, nice. if, if you ask me what Twitch is, I have no idea. I know we do stuff on it. Right. So yep. uh, stuff I learn every day. Um so our, our industry is probably smaller than most industries. And the volume of what we trade is, you know, we're not selling, um, uh, you know, groceries or something where there's billions of people in it. We're selling something where there's probably, you know, 20,000 potential participants uh, in North America that could buy or sell on here. Uh, so our the size of some of our shows, uh, you know, we'll have... 150 people watching them on two different streams, which doesn't seem like a lot, but sometimes the LinkedIn algorithm won't track everybody if there's five people sitting there watching or if they haven't engaged, but we'll have a couple thousand people watch different shows afterwards. Um, some shows are better than others. Some were just flat when we do them and they don't have as much engagement, but we're seeing engagement rates of five to 10% on shows, right? which is, which is pretty good relative to um, what you see in, in, in different industries uh you know you said something really important it 's about um consistency, right So when we first started doing it, we were like hey let 's do a show a week and then we 'll take off a week and uh then we'll we'll do this and well, what really happened, we started realizing we have to be very diligent about it and do it every time we say we 're going to do it because it's very Pavlovian. people come back and want to watch it, want to watch it, right, so we're like oh, I guess we should do it every week. So when I'm not feeling like doing it one week or one day and Jory's like, no, you need to do this, right? Because, you know, we're, you know, Mike and I talk together. I'm like, ah, we got a lot going on. Well, it's a sales driver for us and it's one of our best sales drivers. So consistency, but also having good content, different content, good guests, promoting the industry, not being too preachy and in, in, in trying to sell too much because, People will gravitate and come to you if they get a benefit out of you. They won't, they yeah. won't if they don't feel... So we're not the uh, home shopping network when you sign on to here. We're, yeah. we're literally like a TV, sh- like a news station. We're like the Lumber Channel, right? Where people come on and learn. Uh, so yeah. more numbers. Yesterday, probably five people signed on from a show we had on uh, a week ago. that just saw something they liked about it. And they're like, oh, we didn't even know this was available. Um, we 'd like to to sign up on here right mm-hmm. um, and it 's interesting how because because when I talk to a new customer calling i 'm really interested in hearing about how they found us right because a lot of times people won 't tell you unless you ask them
0: right? right
1: they say I saw you on LinkedIn or I saw you uh on I saw your Twitter feed or I saw you on um youtube uh, especially especially people that are older generations, you know, younger generations live inside of the smartphones, right? And they were born in it now and they drive this, that's nothing then, but, you know, I'll have some people go, I saw you on one of those video things that was sitting next to me on a desk that one of the youngsters was watching. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's cool. Then they learn how to do it themselves. Um, so like I said, a number wise, I would say half of our, half of our, Half of our users now come through a lot of our promotion on video. When you first start a company, organically, a lot of people come in. They come in because we have, I'm going to use an old term. We have a Rolodex of people we used to know that you call and you lean on. Yeah. That wears, that that runs dry really quick, especially when you're disrupting an industry, right? Because a lot of the people that I have in my old Rolodex don't like what we're doing, right? Because we're disrupting something. So then you go to what you do and you go and you put the message out to everybody that wants to hear it. Cause the people that don't want to hear it can tune out the people that do want to hear it tune in and then they promote you. All right? So this is, yeah. this is how we're, this is how we're growing as a company. This is our, this is our, one of our growth balls. And then you take this when we're pitching venture capitalists and investors and we show them this, they're like, wow, you're, you're doing this in an old industry. This is pretty, this is a really, amazing, efficient way. And, and then they want to look at the numbers. They want to see the she of what we're doing, right? So it, it has a lot of, a lot of positive, positive outcomes for it. One of them being investment.
0: Yeah. So talk to me about the volume, value proposition of materials exchange. You know, why does somebody uh, become a user.
1: Yeah, well, the first value proposition, whether you're a producer of lumber or a consumer of lumber, we're going to save you time, and we're going to save you a lot of money relative to the current way things are handled in this business. Uh, the The supply chain is very wide in this business, and there's many people that sit in all the nodes from the production to the end consumption, right? And human beings can only talk to so many people in our industry. For years, they have bought pen and paper, and on the phone for the most part. Uh, Some of the biggest uh, things that have happened in our industry is the cell phone. First, the fax, the cell phone, and now instant messaging and email and all that, which every industry has blown through already. Uh, So our real value proposition is we connect many to many at a speed that nobody could do in the current method that they do it. And in the process, give information that's actually information that you can transact with and buy and sell lumber products off of. We promote, use your phone and use our screen. We want you to because we know as people lean on the screen, so to speak, that's a trading term. I'm in the Board of Trade right now, in the Board of Trade building. There used to be thousands of people below me, about 15 floors, screaming with their hands out, buying and selling. They're not there anymore because a digital market took over what they do because it just is more efficient, right? Um so that's what our what of our what our our first and foremost value proposition is, we'll save you time and money. Uh but then we'll connect you digitally through a digital web of people that you would have never crossed paths with in your entire life if you try if you tried to pick up the phone and dial for dollars all day long.
0: Yeah, very well put. Um And that's, you know, uh, what we're seeing, you know, the results that, that, I mean, you're further ahead uh, with um, using social uh, to benefit, uh, but it makes total sense. You know, the the way you're disrupting and transforming um, is very, very powerful, both economically and then also technologically. Well, so so we have
1: technology through it. So we, we don't just match buyers and sellers, right? If we just did that. We'd be a dating service, right? So we also um, inject the freight involved in this. And I won't get too, in our industry, there's the price discovery of the lumber at the one end and the other end, but then there's the price discovery of freight and they're moving around all over. And you can see with the price of oil and the volatility and commodities, that's hard to figure out. So a lot of people outsource that to human beings and then they take the price they give them because they've known Bob or Sue for their whole life and- they're gonna treat them right. Okay, that's cool. But in a dynamic market with technology, you should use as much technology as you, as you whether you're gonna transact on it, you should still look at it and use it. We, we inject the freight into it so a buyer sees, even if they have 50 locations, what the price of something that they're looking at is to each one of the location. A seller sees what they're selling at at each one of their locations. All right, so it's meaningful to the buyer and the seller. If there's a thousand buyers, and 20 sellers. That seller lists something that goes out to all those buyers with different freight already attached to it, rail car and truck. You just can't do that. And then we also move the money. Uh, we're not a bank, so we do everything via ACH, and we want to move the money quickly from the buyer to the seller. So the seller doesn't have to be a bank or wear risk. They just we just want that money move quickly. We do it in net terms, so we don't give a discount to the to the buyers and the sellers love that, right? But the sellers, the buyers also love it because they, they see it reflected in the price they're paying for it, All right? So we're, we're really just a, we're a digital medium for in, we're the, the first one really in the industry that's, that's doing this and creating price discovery. We're almost, we're basically taking a decentralized market and centralizing it so everybody can come in and discover price.
0: Cool. So how do you guys make money then? Do you charge for access to the platform or, you know, what are the different ways that you can um, monitor? Sure.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, we look at it as a pyramid. So we have, we have match fees that we charge. So there's no cost to get on the platform. Um, That could change in the future because we have a lot of people that like our data, but there's no cost to be on the platform. There's no cost to look at prices as a buyer or seller. You can actively see what the best price is to you as a buyer where the best prices to you as a seller without actually transacting. We make our money on the fees. There's a fee to transact. It's a hundred and fifty dollar flat fee for a truckload of lumber, for the buyer and for the seller. So a total take on that of uh, three hundred dollars. Uh, we also have a company we're working with that will give people terms if they want those, um, which we also look at a potential to make to make money off of. The next Form of revenue for us will also be our data. Uh, right now, the industry uh, has different publications that they derive the numbers that, all, that a lot of the lumber in the United States is priced off of via a survey on a phone. We're actually creating hard data that actually traded. Uh, and we do our own freight, so we see an opportunity in the future to have our own freight department and use some of the technology. We do have our own freight department, but we see an opportunity to really integrate a lot of this freight tech, which Chicago is a big hub hub from, and make more uh, have more potential take off of the freight uh, and the in the in the look in the view into the freight that we see. But again, there's no there's no cost to be on the platform. And here here's the deal: if you if you see a price as a buyer and you like it, you can either buy it. Or you can bid less for it, and then the, the seller will see that. So people move their prices around up and down all day long. You don't just have to take that price. When you put, move your bid, bid is buy, offer is sell. When you move either one of those, the opposing person on the other side sees that movement also.
0: So it makes a market. It's a, right? It
1: makes a market. It makes a market,
0: yeah. Yep. It's so cool, too, because you know, it makes me wonder, how many other industries are there out there where this could have an impact. Oh, there's, right? a, so, there's a lot. There's wait, a lot. We've, we've st-
1: got that in our slide deck that we show people. But the important thing is disrupting a market, you need to have industry expertise. And that's why right. we're doing it in lumber because we know that the biggest mistake a company can make sometimes is thinking they know something else and not being successful at what they're doing yet and trying to jump into another market. Um, it's hard, right? But there's... There's a whole group of markets out there that are old pen and paper call-around markets that are ripe for disruption, and demographically, the the, the, age, the ages of all the leaders is rolling over at such a quick pace, and companies want to make money, right? At the end of the day, shareholders want to return on their profit, and when they see a technology out there that their company may not be using, they push for them to use it or to try it
0: yeah so uh as we wrap up talk to me about what you like to do in your free time um you know you're obviously very passionate about yeah uh, what what free what free time <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <laughs> right uh, so,
1: yeah, look at what I, i'd like to do in my free time um so i you know I, i'll do the old cliche i'd like doing outdoor things i um I used to do a lot of hunting and fishing when I was a kid. I do a lot less of that. I still like to fish every now and then. Um, I like to go visit my friends at their, at their houses, at their farms, work with them, do stuff. My wife and I like to travel. Um, Mm. We, we hopefully will get out and do some more of that. Uh, We like entertaining in our house. We like having people over. We love company. We love talking to people. Um, And, uh, you know, i it's always strange to say, it. I mean, I don't ever feel like I'm off work because I enjoy my job, right? So I like doing what I'm doing. To me, this is fun. And, you know, there's times on the weekend I'm talking in, in to people because we're open seven days a week, right? So there's times where I'm watching the market on Saturday or Sunday and somebody will call me and I'll talk. And uh, it doesn't feel like I'm working, right? It's kind of, it's it's fun. I like, we like, my wife and I love cooking. Um, we like doing all kinds of things. We live in a really cool area by the lake north of Chicago. So there's plenty of hiking trails. We like going out. There's great restaurants. Um, yeah, that's, that's what we like doing.
0: Uh, you're blessed, man. Yeah. Because, you know, first of all, loving what you do, right. When it doesn't feel like work, that is a rarity. Um, so it's a huge blessing. And then, you know, I mean, you just rattled off so many things, you know, you said what free time, but clearly, um, you know, you, you know, how to, um, you know, live and, uh, work. Oh, well, and, they say, if you find the uh, right job,
1: you never have to work another day in your life. Right. I mean, look right. at, I know people, I yep. know people that don't like their jobs and they're miserable to be around cause yep. you hear about it every time you're with them. Right. So, and maybe I've been that guy sometime in my life, but, um, yeah, no, we are blessed. So we like, we like, uh, like doing what we're doing.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, so how can people find you? I mean, it sounds like uh, you're very active on social, uh, but just you know, tell us the best way to get in touch. Yeah.
1: With so um, my email is just ashb at mxlumber.com. That's mxlumber.com. Uh, you can come to our website, just mxlumber.com if you want. And all of our names and contact information up there, you can search Ashley. Uh, my last name is Buckhol, b o e c k h o l t, and you'll you'll find me on LinkedIn. Um, that's the easiest way to get a
0: hold of me. All right, Ashley Buckhol, thanks so much for taking the time today. It's been an absolute pleasure, um, and uh, look forward to continuing to follow the success and growth of the Yeah, students. Dave,
1: same with you guys. Congratulations on your success and what you're doing. I'm looking forward to watching you also.
0: Thanks again for listening to today's episode of Business Black Belts. Should you want to see more content on both the show, marketing, and business in general, feel free to check out my LinkedIn. Thanks.